Welcome to the Technesthetic Podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and this is Randy. Hello. Today, we're going to talk about some tech topics, some tech news. Techniques, dude. Tech everything. We got Steam Deck stuff to talk about because the reviews are out and uh, we want to talk about them. We got uh, Apple. Shocker right there, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't talk about anything other than the Steam Deck practically. Uh, and then we got March 8th. Uh, March 8th, Apple's event <clears throat> speculation. They, they're going to have an event. We're going to talk about it. Samsung Samsung Tab S8 Ultra View, because Randy bought one, and he's uh, got it right next to him. Yeah, man. Off the iPad. Giving it a go. Seeing if Samsung can, you know, make See the if permanent they can switch, dude. Yeah. Make the switch like they did with the Fold. And then uh, Elden Ring, we'll talk about that at the end. Just uh, icing on the cake. So I guess we'll start talking about, uh, let's talk about Steam Deck first, man, because... Uh, yeah, let's do it. You know, the reviews came out. I was very hyped because we knew they were coming. It was like the 24th, I think. So... Okay. Um, yeah, I was really hi- uh, hyped up for like last Friday, was it? And i um, pretty sure I'm getting my dates right. It was last Friday, I think. Let me look. No, 24th it was, was Thursday. When 25th the, when the was orders Friday. went out. I yeah, know. so it was the um, 25th, I guess, but... Uh, Sure. So, so yeah, last Friday, like I was ready because it was like 1 p.m. that day, and I was like, okay, they're coming. Let's go, dude. And then Linus put one out, little clickbaity, little clickbaity, because he was like, what do you say? Like the Steam Deck's unfinished. unfinished. Yeah, like as much as he loves it, he still can't recommend it. Yeah. Um. So I actually wanted to get your input on that, dude. Like I. No, it's, he it's, did it, say. It, it like, seems like um. Okay, go ahead. It seems like Gamers Nexus put out like a similar a, a video in a similar vein. So, you know, here's what I think. Linus video, it was clickbait, man. He gushed over it. He gushed over it. He thinks they're going to sell like hotcakes. He just said, I'm not going to tell you to run out and buy one because of the software. Right? So he says it's it's for him. You know what I'm saying? He's he's going to try to make the Steam Deck his main machine for like a month. What, so, a, what, a, nut, <laughs> what a nut thing to do. But, it is kind of a nut thing to do. Yeah. And I, and I kind of want to speak to that a little bit. Um, okay. Because I, so just to give some spoilers to our viewers, um, Eric has now convinced me to be back on the Steam Deck train. Um, yes. Uh, he has shown me real. the light. Uh, he has shown me why I should be excited for it. And I'm now excited for it. There's a lot of and good reasons. Maybe some foreshadowing into the S8 Ultra review. Cause this is what scares me about the Steam Deck, right? Is like, I don't know how accessible this is going to be to the average consumer. Okay. And when I say accessible, I mean like I've watched some stuff on, on online on like how to get programs to run or games to run properly that don't necessarily run right out of the box properly with all the features. Right. And uh, given the type of person I am, that excited me because I like the ability to tweak and tinker and make things work properly. You know, Shame on me because I was under the impression that it was pretty much a device that ran Steam Big Picture natively. Um, but at the same time, you know, like I have friends who game on PC, right? And they right. bought an Xbox Series X because they want, they just wanted a seamless experience. They just wanted to sit down and play a game. Right. And I think that that's kind of, you know, what people are going to be expecting with the Steam Deck. You know what I mean? It's just, I'm going to so, buy this thing and then I'm going to sit down and play games with it. And, when they may try to go to play the game they, they, they want to play and it doesn't work the right way, then all of the, you know, negative press is going to come out and it might, you know, it might not look 
be be a good look for Valve, and that's kind of what concerns me. Okay, so my I think this is uh, I think it's a valid concern, but I think that it's a little bit of you're going to get a little bit of both with the Steam Deck. Okay, so it's absolutely a PC, and it has the ability to give you those kind of PC pains. Uh, at the same time, if you stick within the deck verified realm, you're pretty much going to be getting a, a similar, like a console-like experience for the most part. Because those games are verified to work with the, the sure. input methods that it has. You're not going to have any weird text being too small issues. You're not going to have any of those like uh, other kind of weird PC issues with deck verified sure. games. And they, they made it so there's like a great on deck section in the store on the steam deck. So you can look around at like the deck verified games. And then, you know, maybe if you want that console experience, pick from those. It's when you get into like the, the gray area games that aren't really verified, that aren't really kind of like the unverified and like the kind of untested realm. That's when it's going to get a little bit more of that PC experience where you're going to have to kind of fiddle with it. And like you and I, you know, we'll, we'll kind of embrace that. But like a lot of people, yeah, n- normal people that don't really care, uh, yeah, they probably will never touch that. Right. So now, so now, let me kind of get into a more you know specific case because you know it's a topic that's kind of important and uh, it's 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 also a question that I have. You know, so yeah. like for example, you you brought up that like runs great on deck initiative that Valve is doing, which I think is great by the way. You know, I think it's really it's really nice of them to, to, to like get out there and be forthcoming and say, Hey, not everything is going to be a great experience, but here's, but here are the games we verified. And I've noticed that Elden ring is set to runs great on the deck. And then I sent that to my friend and he made a little bit of a joke saying like, that's obviously a lie because Elden ring doesn't run great on anything, you know? So, uh, to that regard, um, do you know if they got easy anti-cheat working on Steam Deck so there's multiplayer or is it still a non-multiplayer well, experience? This is the weird thing. So, I mean, if it's great on deck, I would assume that that would mean that it's just like you, sure. you hit play. You don't have to fuck with it. Like, it seemed like the thing you linked me earlier, uh, which was, uh, you know, one of your uh, YouTubers you watch had made it work on the deck. But it was like a weird hacky way to make it happen. You had to disable easy anti-cheat. You had yeah, to so essentially... Essentially, uh, what Eric is referring to is, and this may be fixed now, right? Because right, um, the the uh, YouTuber in question obviously has early access to the hardware, and he's probably had it for a while. So it could have been before, you know, Valve made a Proton update, you know, so on and so forth. But in order for him to get it running, he had to basically go to Proton in his Steam list because I assume that Proton is like an SDK you download, or like a, a kind of a wrapper that exists, like Steam Dev Tools does in Steam. And he had to turn on Bleeding Edge. And then um, he had to turn on Bleeding Edge updates and then enable uh, Proton, uh, like, Easy Anti-Cheat something. And that and, and what that essentially did was it stripped Easy Anti-Cheat from Elden Ring. So he was able to launch Elden Ring without Easy Anti-Cheat enabled. But by doing so, he lost access to multiplayer. So, um, again, I don't know if that's been rectified since then because, like I said, it now has, right. like, the green runs great on deck notification since then. So that may have changed. But I don't know if that's the case, and I wouldn't expect it to be the case with every game. You know what I'm saying? So, like, right? Uh, it it's definitely a case by case basis when it comes to the Steam Deck. I think. So I'm looking at. Uh, I just typed in Steam Deck Elden Ring, and I'm looking around, and I see that you know people are still getting the frame the pacing and lag, the, like the big frame drops. Like you know how uh, that one horse dude that we were fighting for yeah. a long time. Remember how it was lagging in like the overworld right there. 
during that fight, it's that same stuff on the deck. So the game's definitely having those issues. Yeah, I I, I mean that's um, that's that, that's not really a fault of Steam Deck though. Like that's a fault of Elden Ring, you know? Because right, like, cause no, like, I know, and I'm just saying the issues also exist on there. We, um, we both run the game on high-end hardware. You know yeah, what I mean? so, it doesn't matter what hardware you have. Yeah. Um, I just thought, like, maybe there was a chance that uh, it would run uh, maybe even better, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah I, I was knows? like, what if? But, hmm. um, so, yeah, the frame dips still exist on the deck. Um, I haven't seen if multiplayer works, but I will say that easy anti-cheat is supported by the deck. So... You know, I would think if it's deck verified that it would be good. I would think so, too. You know, so, it's like, why would they verify yeah. it if it couldn't work in its full capacity? Yeah. So I'm going to err on the side that the YouTuber we watched. Yeah. Was like it likely, wasn't verified yet. Maybe was. Yeah, exactly right. Like, like it didn't go through the verification process yet. Right. Or alternatively, maybe he was running a different version of Linux. I don't know. You know what I mean? So well, a, a, anyway, you know, did he yeah. have the was he one of the blessed ones that got the deck early? I don't know. He might have even gotten Elden Ring early and played it during. He its, did uh, get Elden Ring early. I, I know that for a fact. Okay, so. so maybe he was playing like an earlier build of yeah. Elden Ring that before it got verified, and he yeah. had to kind of hackify it to work on the deck. Right. That's so, that's possible. That's yeah. possible. Who knows? I'm just speculating. Yeah. But if it's verified, like you would think, it's just click and play, right? Yeah, I would think it would just work. Yeah. Um, and 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 that's kind of what my one of my concerns is, right? Is like if the average consumer has a good experience i think the yeah. steam deck is destined for success but if the average consumer has to learn yeah. like you know rudimentary linux i don't think it's going to work right so i think there's uh you know it's it depends on what your measure of success is i know for the niche community that is really interested in i guess the fact that it's like a pc but portable which sure. is kind of like me right like i'm excited that it's an open platform that runs linux that has all this cool software and uh, it can run my Steam games. It can run my Linux apps. I'm excited for the fact that I can do whatever I want with it. And I think for that kind of like uh, community, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a success. Right. But mainstream success isn't really measured by that, right? So like a mainstream would be like a, a larger audience, like a more, you know how like, you know, it's it's like a lot of the consoles tailor to that like wide audience. And yeah. But, I don't but know like, if it's going to really breach that same level of market penetration that kind of goes back to what we mentioned before uh, a couple episodes ago with the framework laptop you know what yeah. I mean? like there's that niche community who wants a fully repairable fully tinkerable device right but that isn't ever going to outsell you know the macbook pro or the razor blade or the no. Dell xps right you know what i mean so like it's just are <sighs> they going to sell enough of them for them to stay in business keep making it you know what I well, mean? is it worth it does it cross that worth threshold for the companies and like i i yeah. don't know if valve is gonna deem it worth it or not uh because like clearly they're not making a ton of money off of these right like if they you can't want be my, making a lot if you want my honest opinion dude i think that i think that valve's like main push of why this thing is so cheap and why they put in the all the r d and why they're doing this and i'm pretty sure that you would probably tend to uh agree with me on this is they're very heavily invested in in operating systems, not Windows. Right. So well, they've the been for is, a long time, right? Like right, we've had right. Steam OS for a long time. It's not new. Right. So, but the issue, know. the issue that you run into is like basically getting games to run on Lin on Linux 
it's basically almost up to the community for most titles. You know what I mean? So I think that if Valve can get a console right. in people's hands for a reasonable price, I think that that would uh, really make Linux an, a, a viable option for developers to kind of take a look at. You know, I think it's funny because, uh, you know, a lot, every year the Linux community, they make fun of it. They, they make fun of people that say, this is the year of Linux gaming or this is the year of Linux. Yeah, and like, right? no, no, it's been the yeah. big meme, right? Because yeah. it's never been, it's never been even close to the year of Linux. But I'd, I'd argue that, you know, this could definitely change the Linux landscape. Because I know a lot of people that would be interested in mainstream running Linux. I'm one right. of them. But, oh, you I know, too. I, I, too. I really yeah. can't justify it if my stuff doesn't work on it. You know, like there's a lot of stuff that does work on it. Um, that I do use, and I think that I could get away with it 90% of the way, but, like, if if my games don't run on it, but Proton sort of can solve a lot of that, you know? I think that um, I think that you and I are in the same boat, where, like, we run Windows out of necessity, not out of choice. Yeah, and, I mean, it's just Windows pisses me off, man. I literally just restarted my computer because it was locked up, and then when I turn it back on, Microsoft's trying to shove... Hey, hey, look, congrats. We're get, giving you a free trial of Microsoft 365. Right. I'm like, decline, bitch. Keep your shit off my shit. They're like, hey, we want you to change your browser settings to Edge. I'm like, bitch, don't touch my browser settings. Don't touch me, dude. Get out of here. Linus Tech Tips just made a video about like how Edge is up in y- your shit, you know? And I'm like, yeah. Because like even by default, Edge will like take your browser data from other browsers that aren't Edge. Like by default. You have to turn that shit off. I'm like, what? They're harvesting your data, <laughs> like no matter what you do. Really? So, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess like yeah. it, I was like, what? I didn't know that. Like it was in the Linus video. So I, I'm, I'm like, shit. I got to go check my edge settings to make sure they're not like pulling my Firefox data because they want to. You know, like yeah, it's some bullshit. So yeah, I've been trying to stay away from Windows best I can. To that point, dude. You know, uh, I, I, I recently did a home network upgrade, as you know, and yeah. like. We have that discussion about like Facebook. I'm like, why are my devices pinging Facebook when I've never accessed Facebook? And then you told me about like how websites still, you know, have like, yeah, uh, like, like like tracking pixels and shit for Facebook too. So it's correct, like, yeah. And so, so like that's the thing. So Facebook's following you around the web and profiling you and where you're going right. and what you're doing. And so like to avoid that, I recommended Firefox uh, Facebook container, which yeah. basically takes all those Facebook elements. And, and and puts it in a container all on its own and just says, like, no, you don't get to look at what this guy's right. doing. And I love that. And, like, containers in itself is pretty cool. Like, if I, um, you know, like, I open things in, like, certain containers. Like, say you want to open your work email in its own container. And then, like, that way, like, you, you know, your your work stuff isn't really able to, you know, through cookies and other things, see what you're doing. You know what I mean? Right, like, there's right, just right. ways to... To, to kind of compartmentalize your web activities and uh, Facebook containers does that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that's why it's, it's just Microsoft's been spookier and spookier with their stuff. I don't disagree with that. Um, yeah. Although I, I think that there, there, there are certain aspects of Microsoft that still have the best interest of the user in mind, you know, like, I don't want to shit on Microsoft altogether because like, I think that their Xbox division is doing great things with game pass, you know, so on and so forth. Um, but just, just to kind of steer back to the, the topic to steam deck. Uh, 
I, w- I want to discuss battery life in 30 FPS mode, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on, on that. Oh, yeah. So my thoughts are, most of the time, dude, I'm a sucker for 60 FPS. I am, too. Let dude. me tell you, man. Really so am, yeah. uh, this is an, uh, this is a uh, direct example. So, you know, Monster Hunter, I played it on the Switch, and on the Switch, they force you to 30 frames per second. Kills me, man. Kills me. Um, and it's because I've experienced Monster Hunter at 60 and above. You know what I mean? Sure, Monster Hunter sure. World, I could play it at like 120. And then, uh, you know, on the 3DS, this is another example going even further back. Uh, like Monster Hunter Portable 3rd, or sorry, Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate for the 3DS was 30 frames per second. But if you, uh, Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, if you had the new 3DS, you could go mm-hmm. to a 60 FPS mode. Oh. And that was like way better, right? That's interesting because like, um, yeah, uh, Nintendo doesn't usually allow that, right? Right, like, but like in that specific game, they would let you get the benefit of the enhancements of the new 3DS. Like, um, it was really nice. It was I like, don't know if you remember that like speculation a while ago, but when like not the not the Switch OLED, but like the new Nintendo Switch came out, the one that yes. had like the better battery life or whatever, that was just through processor improvements apparently, and like just like being like 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 on a smaller nanometer or something. Okay, but, yeah, but they never, but they but they underclocked it and locked it to the uh the performance of the standard one yeah so they essentially you know just used it for battery life performance and didn't let the user choose if they wanted more performance or more battery life and and that's um, kind of what you're stuck with on the consoles right where the steam decks like we're gonna let you push this thing as far as you want and then if you want more battery life it's your choice whether yeah. or not you want to lock that 30 frames per second well, or you like fsr stuff like that to be fair i mean like you don't console game that much, but on PS5 and Xbox Series X, nearly every game has a very rudimentary generic quality or performance mode where you can where you can basically prioritize frame rate or prioritize native res. Which is so, cool. I, I yeah, actually think that's yeah. a great change with the yeah, modern but it, gen it's, consoles. It's, it's pretty much just quality or performance, right? Like you don't have like a granularity slider for textures, for no. DO, for, for FOV, things I of that think nature. You know? What so, bothers me about those is like the acceptance of 30 frames per second for your quality modes. I just, I get it because like that's the only way you're going to get like ray tracing and like yeah. 4K um, you know, but most of the time 4K is checkerboarded and stuff on consoles anyway. But, but like, I don't know, the 60 FPS modes, like, I, they're just, like, smooth as hell. It's hard to play at 30. It it's is. hard to play at 30. It is. Like, some games you can get away with it, but, like, it's just... So, like, on the Steam Deck specifically, I'm going to try to not do that. You know, okay. I, I, I want to play at 60, and I think that uh, to get better battery life, I think I'm just going to eat the fact that my battery's going to drain faster. Sure. And just, like, like plug it uh, in. <laughs> I forget what, what game Dave TD had up, but at 60 FPS mode, he was getting, like, an hour and a half of battery life, which is yeah. not that great. <laughs> that's, like, the worst-case scenario. Yeah. So you're using, yeah. uh, like, because that's... Um, if you're pushing the chips, like, 15 watts or whatever it's got... Like, I forget how much on the total package. Like, the Steam Deck does the math for you. It'll tell you how much it's got. And it's, like, worst-case scenario, full bore, it's, like, an hour and a half. So right. that's not that's not a lot of time, dude. Like, that's no. not a lot of time at all. Because, no. like, you're, think about it. You're going to have to have this thing always plugged in. And then, like, when you want to use it, you're going to have to unplug that bitch and then use it right then, you know? like Now, you can use it plugged in, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. You can use it plugged in, and that's fine. And I'm sure that that's one of the reasons I was looking at battery banks that could, like, actually push a a good juice amount of power out. Because, um, 
you know, it might be that I want to have an extended play session and I'm not home, you know, and so like, you know, it'd be nice to be able to just plug it into a battery. This, this may be an, an, an unfair question, but I kind of wanted to ask you on the podcast. Um, oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's not personal. It's a, it's a, uh, a technical question. Sure. Now, uh, with the steam deck, could you also use like USB-C hubs with yes. like USB PD pass through? Cause like right now oh. my brain is already thinking that like, um, if I'm playing a game, like, I don't know, like say like I'm playing Factorio on the steam deck, you know, right. uh, I, I'm, I'm going to hook up my, my, uh, tab s8 as 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 the display for the steam deck that'd be really cool actually i want to see you do that so um i think you can hook up yeah that's a good question i think that the answer is yes right because like think about the steam deck dock in itself it's going to be basically that but nicer looking right sure um like uh, but like you don't have to have the steam deck dock you can just use your standard like apple one that you've got with uh power pass through right um, and it would be fine. Okay. So I don't see why not. I, I think I would have heard that it doesn't work by now if it wouldn't, you know? Sure. Uh, so, but yeah, that, that's a good use case. And a lot of people are going to use it like that. Like if they want to hook it up to a keyboard right. mouse monitor, you know, right. which I, I think, think is my, neat. I don't know, man. Like now that I've actually taken a, like, like a better look at it, I think I'm really more excited for it and like what you get for the cost. Well, the value is ridiculous. Uh, it's it's honestly like it's half the price of any competitor to it, and I think that's huge. I think that that the community behind it's going to be absolutely huge. You're going to have a lot of people putting cool stuff on it. I can't wait to see what the community does with it because they're gonna they're gonna go nuts with it, man. So, um, uh, gonna go over some some other stuff I've read since you got me on the Steam Deck hype train now. Uh, yeah. I, I have since subscribed to the Steam subreddit, and as you know, that uh, they took pre-orders on fr- last Friday, so people have been getting them in their hands, right? Yes. Um, I've, now again, you know, people don't complain if they don't have a problem. So, like, correct. I've seen keep, people complaining already. Yeah. Keep that in mind. You know, so like people have gotten their Steam decks out of the box with stick drift. Correct. So, so let me comment you know, on it. So, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the it. things that uh, Valve came out and said was that in uh, one of their latest software updates, they uh, erroneously modified the dead zone on the joysticks. So oh, really? it was, it was uh, yeah, so what they've done in, in a software update since is widen the dead zone uh, by default a little bit. And the, the joysticks in the Steam Deck are, are by the same vendor, the same manufacturer that does all your major controller joysticks. Oh, really? So, yeah, and, and so this is actually a criticism almost but not really because there's not really another competitor out there that makes sticks there's so there's, everyone's using the same guys to make even this, nintendo because like nintendo is notoriously bad people are saying even nintendo so wow it's wild because it's like the, it's like one guy's like well how come my xbox 360 never drift you know my controller is it just a bigger dead zone and so well I, that's a good question. It might be that the software configured dead zones uh, do make you know a difference, right? That you can sure. tweak that, and you can tweak it on the Steam Deck also. Just to be clear, okay. So you know they Valve has put out like if you still have drift issues, you can configure your own dead zones and sure. go through the calibration and stuff. And I think that's great. I think so too. But like ideally, I d- I won't. I don't want like 
any kind of wobble to like I don't want to drift. Oh my god, I don't want drift. So no I hope it's does. not bad. No one does. Yeah. So I don't think it's. I think it's a non-issue. I think their software update's going to fix most people, and then I think that anyone else with a problem, they could either do a calibration where they tweak their own dead zone, or they just send it back to Valve or whatever. You know. So no. Big. Um. See, like that kind of scared me a little bit because, you know, uh, you and I were both early, early, early adopters of the uh, of the index. Index, right? And stick drift is the reason why I don't have an index anymore, as you remember. Yeah. Um, so I'll say I know that you've had a bad uh, user uh, or not user experience, but the uh, tech customer support, service customer experience. Service, I would yeah. say, yeah. I, I'd yeah, say so, the Valve's on point with the Steam Deck's customer service so far. They were so, they were in the Steam Deck subreddit replying to the guys complaining about it so i was just gonna say so for the viewers who don't know um i had pretty bad stick drift on yeah. my on my index and i reached out to valve and valve was like uh you need to send your whole bundle back and i was like but it's just the sticks and they and they insisted that i send my whole bundle back and i sent my whole bundle back and it was like i don't know like three or four weeks and i didn't hear back a word from them like they confirmed they got it but i didn't get like a an rma receipt or anything yeah and they essentially said oh you know like it, it fell through the cracks we're sorry um but unfortunately we don't have any to give you right now so we could just give you a refund or you can just wait and i said just give me a refund wow so that's essentially why i don't have a uh, uh index. index right now yeah. was because of stick drift so when i heard that the uh, steam deck was having stick drift i was a little you know my butthole puckered up a well, little don't bit. freak out yet you know don't freak out so. yet and the nice thing about the steam deck is its repairability is a much improved so sure you know the sticks will you know you can we'll be able to get them later and then replace them out of warranty period like but obviously now, they're under warranty right now so you could just you know work right. with valve and get like the rma set up but like in the future out, out when you're out of warranty and you get drift like that's one thing like the joy cons the advantage is like you could just take them off and put new ones on and your switch is good can't really do that with the steam deck right right so yeah but i don't think it's a problem man i think that it's gonna be fine cool yeah but yeah can i just say something real quick absolutely steam deck so i'm on the subreddit for it and like Dude's got freaking Nintendo Switch games working like flawlessly on this thing. Already. Really? Yeah. Like what? Like For this guy what says. Emulator? Uh, this guy's well. There's only Yuzu and like uh, Ryujinx. Okay. Those are the two. And like this guy's got like Metroid Dr Dread running 60 FPS with <laughs> uh, with Vulcan uh, under uh, under Vulcan using the Yuzu emulator. I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Dude. Like like this thing's already like beating the shit out of. <laughs> <laughs> out of the switch man so i mean i mean this is one thing it's not going to be easy to get those switch games to work i'm going to tell you right now are you I, concerned about the screen speaking of the switch because okay, like the switch so, oled has yeah. an amazing screen so you know i d i'm still concerned about it because like i can't tell how good it is through the videos so, that i'm watching like it doesn't so, look good in videos it, it doesn't. doesn't look good in videos at all it looks it, it it looks like it lacks contrast. It looks like it, it lacks brightness. Right. Uh, it's really hard to tell PPI through videos. Um, but I know some. I I've seen some people who are like, display I don't know if I call them display or? snobs. Yeah, and they said this screen is not good. Like 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 the screen is definitely where they saved a lot of the money. So yeah, um, I think that's a big shame, man. Like, uh, it's yeah, one so. of those things that you know one one thing that I think is interesting is Gabe said. Gaben said that the most expensive Steam Deck was the most sold, the most bought. Right. Well, so, that makes sense, right? 
Well, he didn't think it was going to be the case, so it surprised Valve. Oh, okay. And so, you know, they're exploring the idea of making even more premium Steam decks. And but, I think but that... that kind they, of fucks the people who, who bought them now, well, right? Well, no, what he's saying yeah. is, like... Well, well, it depends, right? Like, it's it's really for the future, right? Like, say they make Steam Deck 2 or whatever. Sure. And because they were talking about, like, well, are you... Because, you know, Gaben was interviewed recently, and they were like, well, do you have any plans for, like, a Steam Deck 2? And one of the things was, well, you know, uh, technology is always advancing, and, you know, he kind of hinted at if new chips come out uh, that, you know, he can throw in a Steam Deck-like device, like, they'll do it. So... I think they're going to make a Steam Deck 2, and they might explore more premium options if they do, but still retain cheaper options for those that want to hit those cheaper price points, right? Sure. But the fact that the community is so interested in maybe more expensive premium options means maybe later we can get Steam Decks, uh, maybe Steam Deck 2 with like OLEDs or like better displays. And I, like, honestly, if I had to think about one thing to upgrade with the Steam Deck, it's the screen. Like I want, yeah. I like this. Once I get the Switch OLED, and I was like, man, this is gorgeous. It it, it really is, isn't um, it, dude? Yeah, it's so good. Like the the Switch OLED looks so good. I'm like, man, hopefully somebody out there crazy mods like the o- Switch OLED screen yeah. into a Steam Deck. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm not sure if that's possible. Like they're different ratios, right? Mm. Yeah, you're right. One's uh. 16 by 10, other 16 yeah. by 9, so yeah. But maybe you can get like a, a 1280 by 800 OLED somewhere. <laughs> Probably not, right? Oh, um, no, man. You'd be surprised the shit you can get on like AliExpress and all that nonsense, Yeah, maybe right? somebody's going to like throw an OLED in the Steam Deck, like yeah. DIY. There's going to be some hacker community shit out there. Hacker that, like, man, uh, There's some, uh, some of the maker community out there is going to do some cool stuff. But, yeah, that's the one thing I kind of wish was better on the deck. But, you know, people, it seems like people aren't, like, that upset about the screen. People say it's bright enough. It works, enough. right? Like, the anti-glare coating, people said they like it. Um, that, now, now, that's only on the premium versions, right? Correct. Uh, the 512, I think, is the only one that got it. They said, like, outdoors it helps. Okay. Um, because you don't get that, like, straight reflection. Like, sure. to, So it's, like much easier to see i'm like okay well that's cool i mean that's the point of the anti-glare sure. screen i guess is if you're kind of outside but it doesn't get, it can't get that bright so I, mean, I don't know i mean for those of you who don't know uh i i've been playing a little bit of the new destiny expansion and like i think that's going to be great on steam deck so let me tell you you know what i mean this is a problem so like bungie's already put out that they don't want to support the deck they use uh what anti cheat do they use? I think no it. Idea. I think people said that it would work on the deck because uh, through Proton, it it like their anti cheat would work. But they already put out they don't want to do it. Now for you, it won't matter because you'll probably just do a a Steam stream to it. Well, apparently, apparently, um, IGN put out an article twelve hours ago that says. Destiny 2 cannot currently be played on the Steam Deck, and Bungie issued, issued an official warning. Anyone who tries to circumvent this will be banned. Yeah, that's so <laughs> stupid, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they're just saying if you try and like run it through Proton or in it, like if you try and force it to run on there, yeah, and we catch you, you're in trouble. Yeah, I get well, it. That's unfortunate. It is, but it's not going to stop you from streaming it to it, right? True. True. Uh, people are speculating that uh, PlayStation uh, are 
trying to find a portable way to play Destiny, and the Steam Deck counters that, I'm like, okay, what? Um, I, I, that's kind of wild speculation, but yeah. who knows, right? Because I guess Sony owns it, owns you know, yeah, Bungie Sony just bought now. Bungie, yeah. yeah. So who knows? Maybe they are gonna make like the Vita, the PSP Vita two or some shit. Uh, in the near future, but I doubt it. Like, why I, yeah. would Sony come out with another portable man? The Vita flopped hard. I liked my Vita, dude. I really well. Did. The Vita when it launched was gorgeous. It was OLED. Yeah. It was like touchscreen on the back. The games were really good. It was yeah. basically like a PS, almost almost a PS3 in the palm of your hand. It hadn't. Yeah, it should have been fantastic, yeah. but they just didn't have the games. And and honestly, the UI kind of sucked. It was like I yeah, didn't like the, the little awful. weird yeah. like M and M pills floating around, and you yeah. poke them and shit. Yeah, it's like, it wasn't that good. No. That that was definitely a weak point. The only highlight I can say about the uh, Vita was that the homebrew community they Kept still it alive, use it. Yeah. yeah, like the Vita's still alive and well homebrew because it, it's like a emulator beast, and uh, people are using it. But I still have my Vita. And uh, it's just kind of a collector's item at this point. I barely played any games on it because nothing really came out. Like, I played my PSP more, but I hacked you, my PSP, so. You know what I still have? I don't have my Vita anymore, but I have the Sh- NVIDIA Shield tablet. Yeah. And I have the NVIDIA Shield, like that big chunky handheld, dude. Yeah. Oh, wow. The you got the chunk one. one. Yeah. So, yeah, and yeah. We talked about this earlier in another it's podcast. It's funny because, yeah. like, if you, um, if you go to connect uh, Moonlight to, like, GeForce now you have to put in that code you know what right I mean? the logo that comes up to connect it is literally still that first version shield from like 2013 wow that's yeah. cool yeah that's um, funny man uh so we good on deck you want to talk in deck uh before we get, get get off of like computer you know pc gaming topics uh i want to side like like sidebar to something that wasn't on our docket yeah i, I want to talk about that uh nvidia cyber attack leak I didn't bit. see it, man. Yeah, what, so essentially, uh, essentially, uh, the too long didn't read is apparently some cyber group got into uh, like like Nvidia files and they and 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 they're ransoming that they remove the uh, crypto mining lock from cards. Okay, because uh, it's a software lock, right? It's like it's oh, like it's like yes. it's, it's like oh, firmware yes. lock. Or they said that they got a big folder from Jensen's laptop or something, <laughs> and they're gonna like 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 slowly leak out data. Um, well, that must be where because I heard the DLSS source code was leaked. Yes, yes, and like oh, Nvidia yeah. like called their bluff. So the first thing they did was 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 leak DLSS source code. Fuck yeah! Um, Fuck yeah, dude! I'm uh, so glad that leaked. Hopefully, AMD gobbles that shit. Yeah. Up. <laughs> so um, yeah, dude. So um, oh, uh, that's fantastic. But what also leaked is the 4000 series, like, wattage and stuff. Oh, shoot. Apparently, apparently, there's a card on the roadmap that for release in September that may have an 850-watt TDP. Oh, my God. To put that into perspective, a 3090 is 350 watts. Oh, my the, God. The, 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 uh, the reference Dude, one. why are we... Why do I need, like, a whole fucking power supply just for my uh, GPU? <laughs> again... I've done it before, but... Why? Yeah. I, I was gonna say uh, when I ran three Titan X's, yeah. I had two power supplies on my old computer. Yeah, I know. Uh, but anyway, I did the same um, shit. Um, uh, yeah. So people are speculating things like eighty thousand CUDA cores in that guy, just like based off of like, you know, like 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 power scaling. What this got to be like a business card, right? 
Uh, well, you would assume that a business card would be less TDP, right? Because because it has to run cooler and stuff. Oh my god, be, maybe be you're like right. a Quadro. Do you think so this like, is like the next Titan? Uh, so like people are going to say like this is like the forty ninety or whatever, and the forty ninety is just supposed to be just. Uh, they're apparently no gonna, go, going to market it as as what can we do if we had absolutely no like 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 we held nothing back. Okay, you know what I mean? no way. So, but like. Like the part of me that's like super concerned is like we don't even have air coolers now that that that, that can handle like four hundred and twenty five watts that well. Is this gonna be like a fl- four slot card? Like I don't know because like yeah, well, like that's my point, bro. Because like uh, for oh the viewers God. who don't know, I have a thirty ninety Strix that has one hundred and twenty three percent TDP. Yeah. Um, and on the stock air cooler, uh, it can't really handle it at one hundred and twenty percent TDP. So I run it at like one hundred and five. Uh, cause like I, I don't get that, yeah. ma- that, that many frames and like the temperature goes up like 25 degrees. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how we would ever cool 850 Watts on anything but a water block. So I kind of want to almost call like, that's not a reality. <laughs> you know what okay. I mean? Yeah, like we might see much, like man. a, we might see like a four slot 500 watt card. I think that's probably more in the realm of possible, but I think that the 850 is just like, what if they, the, uh, like, like a theoretical limit or something what, like what that. What if I don't they think we'll built it a card like that. What if they built it for water? Like just I, I water. Like I don't think they make a reference cool card it. like that. I, well, I, 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 I just don't think that they would do it. I don't know how they're going to air cool it. I don't So I don't like, I would see like a four slot, 500 watt card i think dude, that that that'd be that may be a, yeah who's gonna who's gonna take four slots for this you That's, would i would i mean i'd put it on water to make it you know well yeah but like i'm <laughs> but just saying people i know what you it, mean you know what i mean like yeah that's just what wild. else are you using pcie slots for like a like like uh, thunderbolt ports or like a wi-fi 6e card like what else are you using it for you know what i mean i mean i'm using it for my uh the fuck's this thing the the aver media live gamer 4k capture card but that's sure. it i just uh, use a cam link 4k yeah which is fine. You yeah. Know. Actually, Camleek 4K is really good, isn't it? It's yeah. pretty good. But yeah. I, I think it works fine. So It works well enough. The only it. thing I heard about the NVIDIA leaks was in, included within the DLSS source code was a little bit of hints at the next Nintendo Switch within it. Oh, yeah. Nintendo Switch 2. But, but like, like, the Nintendo Switch 2 is like the, like... Uh, like like most confirmed unconfirmed device. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's what the meme about it was. But yeah. I mean that I mean that's interesting. I think that the handheld market is where you need this sort of AI upscaling, you know, especially if you want to break well, like you were saying with FSR, it's really hard to render at a lower resolution than already low as hell. Right. So right. It's so, re- so like it's it doesn't like, really benefit that well on the Steam Deck. I mean, no. it'll help out a little bit, but like I think where it would already pretty low. I think where it would be great is if you had like a 1080p display, but then you upscaled like a 720p yeah. to 1080. Like if you up, if you actually increased your resolution of your mobile display, that sure. that would be where like an AI upscaling would be good. Um, but other than that, like so. It's like, why do it otherwise? I don't know. But, you know, don't right. a lot of Switch games run below 720p? They like, do. Yeah, they do. it looks terrible. Yeah. It, it's like... And as far it, as I know, the Switch doesn't really run an upscaler. It's just what you get. <laughs> no, it's just... No, you're getting the raw dog. Yeah. Like, this is what you get. And yeah. that's why DLSS is going to be, like, kind of essential. Um, And, yeah, it's just... It's going to be really good in docked mode, too. Because, like, if you're docked and maybe it will upscale to 4k you know maybe it'll yeah. take a uh, 1080p 
uh, stream and upscaled to 4K. And sure, then you have that sure. 4K switch that everyone talked about. Yeah. Because uh, I didn't, I never believed a 4K switch would exist. You know what no, I mean? No, I don't like, think come so either. Yeah. But like, with, if you, you know, throw DLSS into the mix, then okay, yeah, technically. Technically, kind could of? be a possibility, yeah. And I, I yeah, that, I think that's a game changer if they do that. All the consoles should so run too. DLSS or similar technologies. Uh, yeah, but the problem is, is that they all suck the teat of AMD and. Yeah. The AMD T uh, FSR is still like DLSS 1.0. Like it, it's like DLSS 0.8 to me. It's not even because like, like DLSS yeah, 1.0 was better than FSR. Yeah. yeah now DLSS sure, 2 sure. is like on another realm. Yeah. Like DLSS 2.0 is like I run it all the time because I can't even really tell that much. You know, like yeah. the problem with DL, DLSS 2.0 is some games. Uh, God of War comes to mind, right? Mm. Where um, DLSS 2.0 sometimes applies sharpening. And I like hate that, yeah. God of War doesn't let you adjust the sharpening, but some games do. Right. So it, it again, you know, it falls back on developer uh, implementation a lot. Correct. Um, yeah, sharpening is one of those things that uh, I'm very against over sharpening. So same, I, same. you know, if you if if the game like throws too much, what was the recent game that sharpened too much that I had to dial it back? Halo Infinite. Yeah, maybe it was Halo Probably. Infinite because yeah. uh, they have a sharpness, and by default, I thought it was a little uh, hard. So right. I, I had to tone it down a little bit. Uh, but I do like some sharpness, right? Like, yeah. I mean, everyone does, right? Yeah. But yeah. It, it has to be tasteful. You know what I mean? That's Yeah. To me, Halo Infinite was over aggressive, which yeah. for a game like Infinite, it kind of just aids the readability of the game. Sure. Uh, so, but like aesthetically, it's worse. Right. So no. I. No, I vibe with that. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care about my competitive edge. I just yeah. want it to look nice. I'm already good enough. I don't need no sharpening. Yeah, now I vibe with that. Um, so one more PC topic I want to cover, and this could be brief, and because like I don't want to get like super political, but okay, Biden gave his State of the Union last night, and um, the CEO of Intel was actually at the State of the Union. Oh wow! So what's he doing there? I'm not sure if you caught it, but um, nah. he talked about how uh, Intel. He 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 was talking about like like creating U.S. jobs and all this stuff. Okay. And uh, he was speaking to um, uh, Intel opening up a cutting edge, multi billion dollar uh, silicon uh, factory in Ohio. Um, oh, okay. And 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 they're going to, and they're going to be making these you know advanced chips to uh, make America you know a mecca for high end silicon again. So this um, is great, man. Um, you know, I think they've been talking about this for a while, right? They have, they have. So, I mean, yeah. this is, I think it's a good thing, right? It sounds good. Yeah. Let's do it. I mean, because we've been importing silicon for a long time. And we have, it's, yeah. it's turned out to be a problem, especially during the it's pandemic. It's exciting, dude. I think it's really exciting. So, I'm, yeah, I think this is absolutely great. Uh, it's going to be good in the long run. I'm glad they're making these investments. It's going to be good for Ohio. <laughs> Speaking of investments, you know, not not a stock advice or anything, but based off of that and based off of Intel's roadmap where they or leaked roadmap where they yeah. say that it's going to be more efficient than M1 in tw by 2023. I yeah, I'm sure Intel dude. So I'm going to say that any yeah, I think Intel's a good buy, but not this is not financial advice. Yeah, yeah, we are not financial advisors. No, we're, we're just not. talking about this what is just we do speculative. With our own money. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's really it's really. You know, Intel, I think, are going to be doing great things in the next three to five years. Yes. They've they've kind of been in a hole for the past three years or so. Um, and they've they finally got to the point where they're digging themselves out. Like, they kind of hit say, their like, lowest low when when Apple ditched them. 
right? Do, do you feel like uh do you, do you feel like that's a like a tech trend? Because like I feel like there was a time where like during yes. like Bulldozer and the FX eighty three fifty and like Viscera, when AMD was yeah. like at the lowest of low, and then they clawed themselves out and like leapfrogged ahead. And yes. like I feel like Intel, it's it's now Intel doing that. Yeah, I feel like AMD has had their kind of longest stride in a long time with the launch yeah. of Ryzen and 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 things like Threadripper. Right. And uh, you know, everything, even their GPUs are getting a little bit better. So uh I think they've hit their longest stride as for, as far as like actually being the choice for the gamer uh in a long ass time because sure. like to me it's been Intel basically for a long time. Like I had I didn't have uh, the bulldozer chip, but I had like the one before it, like the Phenom 2X6 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And like that was a good chip, but it wasn't, it was the bargain chip. That's why I bought it because it was like my first built, custom build. And, uh, but like, yeah, Intel's been the choice. So it's kind of a leapfrog thing you see. And now it's Intel's turn. Like they're, they're really coming back with a vengeance. This is great because if they can compete with M1, like I've been saying for a long time, ever since M1 came out, there hasn't really been uh, competition to me right. against M1. Like they've been the yeah. leading. And, like, no one's really kind of listened to me on that because, like, no one cares about the Apple product, at least some of my friends, right? Like, they just don't care about the Apple product. But, like, for me, that is, like, kind of platform agnostic. I just care about the technology. I yeah. recognize the M1 for what it was, which is a killer chip, like price-to-performance ratio uh, and also in um, – just like power, uh, what do you call it? Um, shoot, I, I've already lost it. But uh, the efficiency of it was just like perf- uh, performance per watt. That's what I meant. Yeah, is is just busted. So like, but like if Intel's coming back, that's great. I want to see x86 come back and and be stronger because uh, it seems like ARM was starting to dominate, and uh, that's scary because I run a lot of x86 applications, a lot of my legacy stuff that I want to be able to run into the far future um, would be kind of dying out if like, you know, the only sure. thing keeping them around was the the potential for things like Rosetta two, which could, you know, do the translation layer stuff. And I've, sure. you know, I gotta say like translation layer technology has gone a long way with uh, the rise of Rosetta two. Now you have proton, which isn't really doing like a, like a, like an architecture translation as much as it is like a, like a windows to linux translation sort of thing but it's just interesting what we can do at the software level and you know rosetta 2 probably does a little bit of magic within like apple silicon i wonder if they have like a hardware component to that translation layer uh built into apple silicon right or if it's something that like microsoft might be able to leverage if they can write like their own translation layer that's better than what they got on like the surface x or whatever the hell they made yeah, that one's not that good. <laughs> yeah, I've heard like bad things. Yeah. So it's like but like maybe with software wizards out there, we can we can actually get that shit going, but we won't have to. If X eighty six becomes as efficient as these ARM powerhouses. Sure. And uh and now you have like the big little benefits with Intel. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's fantastic. Like ARM's been doing that forever now. And now they do it in the desktop with the M1 and it's just like been really good. And, and, and now that they're doing it with 12th gen, it's like, wow, this is actually kind of busted. Yeah. Uh, and then, so I, I've been wanting to, it's like, damn, dude, you made me want to upgrade. It's so good, dude. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. So I, I, I can't stress to you how amazing, uh, 
was it this, the thread direct, 12, director and yeah, shit? Yeah, thread like, director and this yeah. 12900K is, dude. I can't, yeah, I can't tell you how great this is as, as just a desktop experience. Yeah, I believe it, man. It's a, uh, it's definitely going to be an upgrade for me one of these days. What's yeah. the 50? What's the 5950X feels a little bit stale. It'll be upgraded. Well, dude, I, I, I mean, now would be a time to do it because the KS came out. Oh yeah, is that a, is that a hot item? I, is that a hot item? So essentially, it's a um. It's a 12900K that Intel binned. Oh, okay. So KS, it guarantees huh? 5.5 gigahertz cores and stuff, but oh you're just getting God. a better bin, right? So Yeah. I already told my buddy Alan that, uh, yo, I was like, yo, I need the, uh, I need an upgrade, bro, for Amanda, really, because she's running like a really old chip. Uh, sure. I forget what, it's like a 7700K, man. Sure. And uh, that thing's seen, uh, basically, it's at the end of its life. You know what I'm saying? It's right. it's kind of like her computer sounds like a jet engine going off. Like Dang, dude. it's like dying. And yeah. I'm like, man, let's build you something a little bit nicer, a little bit quieter. You yeah. know, it like you're yeah, literally playing Lost sure. Ark, and your computer sounds like it's about to take off. Like, so I, I was like, it's time. So it's time. It's gonna be her before me, uh, but uh, I'm definitely gonna be playing with uh, Intel soon. Let's just say that you should, dude. Hell anyway, yeah. Anyway. Let's move on, though. Yeah, let's, let's move, move on. on. So I want to talk about this real quick because there's not a lot I have to talk about. But I want to say the Apple event. So sure. uh, today they announced uh, the Apple officially. Okay, Apple officially announces March 8th event. Peak performance is what they're calling it. Okay. So based on. When is this event? Sorry. Uh, sorry, it's March 8th. So okay. for those that want to know what day it is, it's next Tuesday. Okay. okay, so pretty soon, pretty soon, pretty yeah. soon, yeah, it's coming right around the corner, and you know, I would suggest we do a podcast next week, but maybe it won't be worth it. So, it depends on how hype we'll the yeah, announcement we'll see, is. Yeah. If the announcement's mega hype, maybe we'll want to talk about it. Yeah, so, maybe, maybe not. I, it, if it's just like, you know, it might just be people are speculating. Okay, well, they'll probably put like an M1 Max, M1 Pro in like a iMac or something. You know what I mean? Right. Um. If it if some of the speculation is to be believed like snazzy labs put out uh they might even do like the m1 max where you have like double m1 maxes um in like an imac or something that'd be interesting well i mean that could be very interesting yeah so i mean so we people are begging apple for a 27 inch imac the smaller ones are nice they're sexy but they're not workhorse machines Um, which was this one the, the, uh, I'm the, saying like the, the smaller, the IMAX? smaller yeah. IMAX, right? What do they get? They got like the smaller displays and stuff. They're yeah. very nice. They they want that, but 27 inches and way way more powerful, right? Mm-hmm. They might even equip it with uh you know the better display technology they've been working on with the mini LEDs. So that might be probably the most exciting product. Uh, sure. At least in my opinion, they're yeah. talking about also. We're expecting iPhone SE three. This is what I'm looking at nine to five Mac, uh, their information on it. They're talking about new iPad air, but really it's just the Macs that are coming out, right? The new Macs with Apple Silicon. And I don't, I don't really think we're going to see like the M two yet. I, I don't that's think kind of what I would like to see personally. Well, I'm personally interested in the M two air. Um, that's that would what be the I want to get. I think especially with like, um, how, how, how I recently got things like, uh, like right. moonlight working and stuff pretty well, you know, um, 
Yeah, I, I want to see... the M2 Air is where I want to live. The M2 Air, like, because I like the M2, or I like the, I like the M1 MacBook Pro, but, I, like, Amanda has the Air, and it's kind of like, I don't know, it's just like the price on it is, like, right there in that sweet spot. And uh, the new Airs look super nice, like the 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 aesthetic of them. The leaked ones? Or the whatever? leaked ones. If they look like that... Um, can you pull me, up a leaked yeah. one? Is that possible? I'm going to see if I can. So, um, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm trying to find the leaks. Sure. Um, so it's going to take me a second. <laughs> God dang it. It was like a redesign. Okay, here we go. So this is 9 to 5 Mac again. So I'm pulling it up on um, the good old Firefox. So let me actually... Uh, let me get the window so it's not all weird. One second. So, there we go. So, this is like the leaked image here. I don't know if this is a render or what. Um, I mean, it looks like you took the MacBook Pro design a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. And so, MagSafe and stuff. I don't know if there's more to it than that. But if yeah, they go with this good. design language, it almost yeah. looks like... Um, and I, how do you feel about the whatever. white display? Do you, do you think that that's going to be a, 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 a thing? Cause that's how the iMacs are, right? I wouldn't be surprised if they made it a thing. It's they, they would probably follow the design language that they've, the they've have? used already. Sure. Yeah. They definitely might. Um, so like this is just some renders. Um, so here's where they come from. Leaker, John Prosser. Uh, he has a mixed track record when it comes to these things. So he's like, uh, he runs front page tech. So this has like on, created on renderings. Yeah. So I don't know if this is actually fact or if this is just somebody's speculation. But if Ooh, it looked the, like the, this, I, yeah, I'd buy it. I mean, it just looks Look super at a yellow boy, dude. Appeal. Well, yeah, because they're using the same kind of colors as like the in the these IMAX, renders. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to end up looking like this, but if they do, man, mm, like. I don't know. It's kind of clean. It is really clean. It's kind of clean. Really and the M2 is likely nice, to be dude. like really, really, it's, it, it's probably going to hit that same performance, like sweet spot that the M1 did. Uh, see, I'm curious if they're going to wait till September. So the M2 has arm V9. That would be insane. Remember we talked about that in a previous podcast? Uh, yeah, but what was the hype about it? I forget. Uh, security, but also uh, 15 to 20% less overhead. So if oh they didn't God, change yeah. anything, right? Like if everything stayed the same on M1, right? but M1 just ran ARM V9 instead of ARM V8, it would be already 15 to 20% faster oh just my from God. running an ARM V9 instruction set. That'd be so, insane. Yeah. So That'd be wild. So yeah, hopefully, I mean, let them wait for that. Yeah. Like, I want to see that. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, so but these ones are likely to be going to be like your M1 Max kind of chip. Yeah, because the, the uh, iMac. That's cool. The Snapdragon 8 Gen 1, like the one that's in the S22 Ultra and the Tab S8 Ultra. Right. That just came out in January. It's still ARM V8. So. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So speaking of Tab S8 Ultra, man, I think that'll be our next topic because until next week, we won't really have much more to say about the Apple thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that, mm. man. So the, sure the Samsung did. Tab S8 Ultra, you went out. Well, you didn't go out, did you? Actually, it was at Best Buy. You, it you, was at Best Buy, You, yeah. you pre-ordered it, right? To that Best Buy pickup thing. Yeah, Best Buy. So we um, talked about this last podcast. Let me just pull it up. Uh, the Tab S8 Ultra. So let's just look at it. I'm on the, I'm on the Buy page again. So just for the podcast reference, 
Uh, it's the who, big who one. Who wouldn't be on the bipad pie page, dude? It's uh, great. <laughs> who wouldn't be on it? Maybe maybe they, they wouldn't be on it if they were already on the checkout page. You know what that's, I'm that's true, dude. <laughs> that's true. So uh, so tell us about it, man. So you're yeah, holding it. You're so, holding it. Not right. You're looking at it because I can tell. I'm I on a duo call a, with him yeah, on we're, it. We're, we're, so, so basically we're using a duo call, a little behind the scenes here to like monitor each other and to see. So yeah. I just have like a visual of like what like uh, gets pulled up on the stream and to see our angles and stuff. But I'm running that on the Tab S8 Ultra, which is next to me. Yeah. And it's used here. in that like face um, tracking thing. Yeah. Where it like follows you. Yeah, I, I mean, like, at, let, let's 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 be real. They got that from Apple Center Stage, but it's yeah. nice to see that you know they take a good idea and they implement it. Exactly. So, for long-term listeners of the podcast, you guys should know that I'm a huge proponent of tablets. Um, been been pretty much an exclusive iPad fanboy for five years now. I. Uh, and, yeah, it's you know, been it, your life companion. It has been my life companion, dude. And like, it's this it's, is it's, wild. It's, yeah, and, 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 and like it's basically for a few reasons, you know, like, 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 like just to recap a little bit in case this is your first episode or you missed the other episodes where, where we've talked about it. But um, uh, I do a lot of like, like random tasks at work, like I'm primarily in IT, and, but I, I also do like cybersecurity for clients. I do uh, video post-processing and editing. I do all uh, re- reporting for like federal stakeholders. That's wild. Uh, you, you know, like I, I wear a lot of hats. We're, we're, we're a smaller organization and I just have to wear a lot of hats. And it's hard for me to keep track of, you know, everything I need to do during the day. Plus, you know, if I go into work with like a set amount of tasks, those tasks may change based off of, you know, uh, uh, stakeholder requirements or, you know, shit may hit the fan with like, you know, like in in regards to like uh, IT or something like that. So it's hard for me to like juggle my day. So I've always used an iPad because I just need to document what I'm doing, you know, just for my own sanity. So I don't lose track of what I'm doing. And then I also need to make things like a to-do list or if I'm in a meeting with someone, I like to take meeting notes of like who was in that meeting, what right, did right. we discuss, you know, things of that nature. And I started off using like a standard notebook. And the problem with it, with it, with it, with a standard notebook is it fills up and you can't search it. Right. Right. So the iPad kind of fixes that because it's basically a digital notebook that will never fill up and you, you could search it by keywords. It's awesome. Yes. You, know, you can search handwritten text by keywords. Um, it's also really nice to have like a, a device that's also an e-reader and like so on and so forth. So getting ahead of myself a little bit, um, uh, as you know, from the last podcast, I switched back to the Fold, and they came out with this monster of a tablet, the S8 Ultra. It's 14.6 inches, and I was interested. You know, I've never had, like, a really high-end Android tablet before. This one, you know, has 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 120 hertz. It's 14.6 inches. It has 240 hertz polling. They promised, you know, literally the best-in-class pen experience possible to date. So I kind of got a little curious, you know? So I, I, I pulled the trigger on one, and I've decided that, you know kind of go like a little Linus Tech Tip style where I'm not going to use an iPad I'm, and I'm going to use an S8 Ultra and, and just use it as my only tablet for a month and see what I think of it. Okay, well, so how long has it been so far? It's been what? It's been, I got it Saturday. Okay, okay. So uh, today's Wednesday. It is. Uh, and I'm pretty much already sold okay. on the tablet itself. Um, but I don't think everyone should be. Okay, okay, and, okay. And uh, I'm not sure where to start with this. Um, see, like my, my, my problem is dude is like, I, I always fear that if I don't give something a glowing review or if I list negatives, that's a bad thing. You know what I mean? No, I think you just ought to be honest with the viewers and they ought to understand yeah, that you're going to so, just give them 
like your summary is you like it. I do like it. So with that being said. And for me and people like me, I think it's probably a better buy over an iPad. However, if you were buying a tablet for your mother or your father, you know, someone who's not quite as tech savvy or doesn't like to tinker, I would probably say the iPad is still probably the most polished tablet on the market. Are you saying um, it's kind of like the Steam Deck versus the Switch? It's kind of like the Steam Deck. For, <laughs> exactly, dude. It's kind of okay. like that's, that's a great analogy. Okay. Uh, my my uh, smoke alarms Protect. are doing a test. Yeah. Um, so it, that's actually a really good analogy, right? Um, yes. So, for example, just just to like give you a little bit of like a rundown, you know, so um, when you view websites on a tablet, you know, especially one that's like a large 12.9 iPad or a 14.6 uh, screen size in the case of the S8 Ultra, you really don't want mobile view at all, right? Like this is right. not something you want. So like on like an Android tablet, you could change like 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 the user agent. So like it thinks that the device that's connecting to a website in terms of responsive design is like a Windows machine or a Linux machine and not right. an Android tablet. So that so then you get full desktop view when you go to view websites, which is awesome, you know, but like my mother or, you know, your, your, your sister or your girlfriend probably isn't interested in changing build prop on browsers. Right. You know, so like uh, for them, you can make the argument that the iPad would, would, would provide a more polished experience. Uh, well, doesn't the iPad already do that in Safari or is that like, you know, for websites or is uh, it not? It does desktop mode. Yes. Just like Firefox will do desktop mode on your fold yes. or your phone, for example. But if the website itself is coded for responsive design based off of device ID, yeah, it's still uh, it, might. you'll still get a mobile view, right? Yeah. Like, so like even, even if you switch to desktop mode, it may make it look a little different, but it still won't be the full fat desktop website. Okay. And that's part of responsive design in HTML5. So, Got it. Got it. uh, if you, if, if the website you're viewing and a few that come to mind are basically, you know, like Google drive does it too. Uh, but bestbuy.com is a big, a big website, uh, where like, if you go to just desktop view without changing the user agent, you'll just get a larger version of mobile view. Okay. Cause it's still, it it still pulls for your device ID. Um, so like that's, that's like stuff you, you, you can change as well. Um, I did get the book cover and keyboard with it. Okay. Uh, the keyboard typing experience feels great. Like it feels, it feels great. Like, like it has really good key is travel. It, it's not too thin. Like how thick is the uh, keyboard cover on it? The keyboard cover is probably a little bit thinner than the, than the tablet. It's literally the same thickness as if you've ever seen the new iPad, like the magnetic or the magic keyboards, the one where the bottom kind of floats. It's literally the same thickness. But it is that. pretty thick though. Like, um, I guess. Which is good. Like the only I I have never used the Apple one, so my only it has really good key travel. Um, have you ever used a like I have a the Surface, surface type one, cover? Yeah, yeah. I have a Surface type it, cover. It feels like it that in terms of key travel. It, okay. it feels like that in terms of key travel, but the which, uh, but it feels a little bit more solid than it that. looks nicer just it, from it, looking at it. The material is nicer. Uh, it's soft touch, but it's not soft touch in like a grippy way. It's kind of soft touch in like a smooth way. Mm. Um, it kind of feels like there's like a D brand skin over it. Like okay. it just feels nice. Um, uh, what I will say about it though, is there is a little bit of flex to it to the point where if you're using it on the couch, okay. Yeah. And you push on like the left or the right of where the trackpad is, it will trigger a trackpad click. Oh, interesting. Um, so well, hopefully again, you know, you're just, not using it like that anyway. Just totally. <laughs> like uh 
weighing out pros and cons. I do use it on the couch a lot, but just something to be mindful of is that if you lean on either part of the wrist rest, it will trigger so, a yeah. mouse click. I got some questions for you, man. I sure. think that, uh, that a lot of people would have. So, sure. you know, with it being so big, um, you know, I, I remember that we had this conversation about the largest iPad. Mm -hmm. And one of the things you would often say is it's too big. It You'll is, stick yes. with the smaller yes. iPad. The big one is just too big. And so when I found out that this one is even bigger than the largest <sighs> iPad by like, I don't know, a couple inches or something. Yeah. I was like, yeah. this Almost guy is crazy. Bigger. Yeah. So like, tell me how the size has impacted your experience and like whether or not it's sure. been like good, bad. And yeah, just talk about, I guess, the ergonomics of it. Right. So it's definitely... It definitely falls into that territory of being large. You know what I mean? Like there's no, yeah. there's, there's, there's. But no is it awesome it. large or is it yes. not awesome large? No, it's, it's, it's awesome large. Okay. okay. So like, um, the iPad screen is kind of purpose driven. Okay. So yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit, a little bit about the iPad's design versus the tab S8 design and why I think the 14.6 inch screen works well for the S8. Okay. So. The 12.9 inch iPad was designed for a purpose, okay? Right. So the purpose of the 12.9 inch iPad is because the screen size on the 12.9 inch iPad is almost identical to an eight and a half by 11 inch sheet of paper. Interesting. So, so the, so like the original vision of the iPad was to be, you know, basically printed text in your hand, right? Okay. So that's how they, that, that's, that's how Apple landed on the 12.9 inch iPad. And that's why to this day, the Apple logo is still oriented in portrait mode, you know, things of that nature. Um, and I get it, right? You know, like it, it makes a great e-reading experience. Apple News looks beautiful on it. Right. Um, but you primarily use the iPad when you're holding it in your hand in portrait mode. Okay. You know, and it's also wider, thicker, and heavier than the Tab S8. That's weird. It's um, actually heavier? It's heavier than the Tab S8. Interesting. Marginally, marginally, okay. but it is heavier. Um, that does make a difference. It does. So... The first thing you notice when you take the Tab S8 out of the box is it comes in like one of those really nice, like a uh, almost like micro cloth, like white Samsung, like kind of like wrapping things. I don't know how to describe it, but like if you bought a piece of technology, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Like those nice fabric things that yeah. it comes in. Uh, even before you see the tablet itself, like just holding it, you just kind of giggle because it is so thin. Like yeah. it feels like it shouldn't exist thin. Okay. And like that's kind of funny, right? Because like, Devices have been thin for a while now, right? Like, like, like we've been obsessed with thin and light devices for like, and we, I mean, like, it seems like um, uh, corporations think consumers are obsessed with like really uber, like, like uber thin and light devices. Right. But this thing is literally like, you would laugh when you picked it up how thin it is. Okay. And what's surprising is, is the iPad 12.9 and the iPad 11 feels like if you put it in a bag without a case on it and there was some pressure on that bag, your iPad might bend. Wow. Um, okay. which if you have an iPad pro, I think you do, right? Like, like you do. probably know what I'm talking about then. Yeah. Right? Like no, it just feels true. like, like, like the back aluminum feels really thin. This right. has no flex to it at all. That's like, wild. No. Like, I don't know if it's because it's so thin and the aluminum is a little bit thicker because like, if you look at a teardown of the S8 ultra, the battery is like dead center. Okay. So, and, and the battery's massive. It's huge. It's bigger than, 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 than what's in the iPad. It's bigger than what's in the the smaller iPad, it's it's eleven thousand milliamp hours. Right. Uh, so I don't know if that's adding to the rigidity, like if it's just like literally sandwiched between the back plate and the glass that it just acts as like uh, like like part of the structure at this point. But like you would have to actually 
want to break this. Okay. Like, like it feels solid. You know okay. what I mean? Like I would not feel scared putting this in a bag without a case. I would not feel anything like that. I, I would, it, it feels like a really solid device. Okay. So the so, size so, turns sure. out it's like pretty good though. Sure. So what so, about usability? So yeah, like, so, uh, like obviously the device itself seems very appealing. Yeah. I, so, I'm impressed with it. Right. But so like, I'm kind of getting there. Yeah. Um, go ahead. In terms of like handheld ability. Sure. Uh, I actually, I've, I, I've actually been using it handheld in bed. Mm. Uh, but exclusively in landscape. So the, the it seems like this one compared, like as you just got done talking about the iPad, how it was like a sure. portrait device. But this one, because of the way that the notch is set up, isn't right. there like a screen notch? So it's there, kind of like... There is a screen notch. It's very small. It's yeah. not distracting at all. Uh, but you get dual 4K front-facing webcams in it, which wow. is pretty nutty. Yeah, um, that's great. So uh, what I will say about using it handheld, that kind of makes it make sense is I think I think Dave 2D pointed it out. But if you run two apps on the S8 Ultra in landscape, it's literally like the same thing as having two iPad minis next to one another. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So like uh it's actually really interesting. So like here's the problem. So when you run Apple products, you don't really have a decent e-reader. Cause like reading things on your phone is kind of jank. You know what I mean? And then yeah. reading things on the bigger iPad isn't that great. But with the fold, the fold kind of makes a really nice e-reader size. Right. I don't know if I would necessarily read a book full screen on the S8 Ultra. That makes sense. Now, you can do it, but I don't necessarily know if that would be the best use case for it. Now, what I did do is I set up an app pair on the S8 Ultra that is half-screen Kindle, half-screen Samsung Notes. So if I'm reading like a textbook, you know, like like like, like my CIA SSP book or whatnot, yeah. I basically have like a full e-reader size Kindle on, on it and then a full-sized notebook on the same screen at the same time. Nice. That's pretty busted. That is you know busted, I mean? man. That's so really like, cool. So like it, it, it kind of falls back into that realm of like, this is so big that the extra real estate becomes actually usable again. Okay. That's impressive, um, man. I mean... So like, and what about, so one thing that I was worried about was app support with how big it is. Have you seen some of that app jank and talk about how Samsung Dex kind of fits into that too? Sure. Sure. So, I mean, there's always going to be app jank, right? Like there's app jank on the iPad, you know, like if you open up Instagram on the iPad, you have app jank. Um, Yeah, but that's like a iPhone app that's running on the iPad. Right. So like you also have that in. Yeah. On the Android side too, uh, but as far as the applications I use, uh, I haven't really noticed anything. Like just for funsies, I opened up my Tesla app on the oh S8 Ultra, God, and it was literally just full 14.6 inches Tesla app. No way. <laughs> like it was just massive Tesla app. Uh, that uh, looked goofy. I bet it did look goofy, That's but so like funny. it still worked. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it still worked fine. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Well, like. Okay, let me ask another quick question. So one of the things you use the iPad for a lot, you just got done talking about how it was a note taker. And I want to know how, what applications you're using for your note taking and how is the pen and everything like that compared to like Apple Pencil and stuff. So, So here's the thing, guys. So there are some things on Samsung that they try to be Apple like and they just can't pull it off. Okay. Uh, And, and, you know, your mileage may vary. This is the S Pen Pro. Right. Um, and this thing is supposed to pair to your Samsung account and then wirelessly switch between devices. So like you could use it on your Z fold or your other Samsung tablets. Right. 
I'm going to just take it over and start running on your essay and, and it will pair to the device that it's closest to. That doesn't work. Mm. I, I mean, I've tried multiple times. That doesn't work at all. Bummer. Um, so, but it's kind of not that big of a deal because it's Wicom, right? So like it's based off of like that, like magnetic digitizer that's under the screen. Yeah. You know, so it, it's, I'm not sure if it's, if, if it's magnetized, I'm sure someone will correct me, but like it's based off of the panel that's under the screen. So you can go back and forth between devices and for all intents and purposes, the writing works great. You know what I mean? The only problem you do, uh, the only thing you lose by it not switching is you lose the air actions, right? Okay. So like, that's not really a big deal to me. So, I mean, I don't really care about, you know, like drawing a little back button to go back on my screen on my Z fold, you know, right. I'm just going to pick it up, you know? Okay. So it's not really a big issue. Um, but I will say that the pen input is probably on par with the Apple pencil, maybe a little bit better because of the faster polling rate. Uh, okay. Also, uh, this is maybe more of a preference thing. But the tips on the Samsung pencils are a little bit rubbery, whereas the tip on the Apple pencil is a little bit more hard plastic. Yeah. And I kind of like the resistance that the rubbery tip on the Samsung one provides versus the hard plastic on, on glass of the Apple pencil. Really? So for me, I may prefer a little bit better. Uh, I am. What, what, what's kind of a downside, though, is there is no good notes alternative on Samsung. I will say that Samsung Notes is pretty good out of the box. Uh, you can create multiple folders. You can create multiple workspaces. You can change your page templates. You can import page templates. So all of that is great for me. And okay, what I'm really yeah. trying now is um, because I use it for work, uh, we use Office 365 at work, and Samsung Notes integrates with OneDrive and OneNote. Okay. So if you take a note on Samsung Notes, it'll automatically pull it, pull it into your, your uh, OneNote or, or, or your OneDrive. Okay. So that's pretty cool. I like that. So one, so you're saying Samsung Notes is kind of like your best app right now that I've seen. That I've yeah, because right I haven't now, seen like an Samsung Notes is pretty yeah. solid. And um, if you watch The Verge, uh, and you know Dieter from The Verge, yes, Samsung Notes is his favorite note taking app. Period. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, that's crazy. Uh, I mean, I know Good Notes has been like a wonderful app uh, on the iPad. I I think it's just. I don't know. It just yeah. hits different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Good notes really is definitely good. the gold standard. I'm not going to argue um, with that. Like, like if I yeah. could get good notes on, on this, like I probably yeah. would. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. But, but like you're saying like the Samsung isn't bad enough to like, no, where you're no, like, it's, it's definitely a healthy alternative yeah. for sure. Okay. For sure. Um, that's good. I feel bad for people that don't have Samsung devices. Can you use Samsung notes on non-Samsung No, I don't believe so, but like what other tablet Uh, exists in Android space? It doesn't matter. Yeah. What other tablets matter in Android space? None in my opinion. Yeah. So, so, okay. uh, Okay. So uh, the notes uh, are good. Yeah. uh, That's good. Pen is good. Pen is good. Cover is really nice. I do like that the cover covers the pencil in the back. That so is like cool, if you yeah. get the case it covers the pencil on the back when when I when I would take my iPad to work, I used the Peak Design Messenger bag and I could tell you that every single time I would take my iPad out when I got to work, I had to dig in the bottom of my bag and get the pencil out because it came it just off, fell yeah. off. You know? Um so that's definitely a positive for me. Uh the screen is absolutely gorgeous. You know, um OLED. Uh you know, people say that like, oh, it's not mini LED and doesn't have the HDR 1000 of the iPad. That's true. It doesn't get as bright as the iPad, but there's no blooming at all. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's just a really nice, it's, it's, it's honestly a very, very gorgeous display. It's Can I very say gorgeous. something real quick? Sure. So one of the things that bothers me when people talk about the iPad is 
like they they flex on the screen brightness but what you don't realize is during sdr content you're not really ever no. getting that right so it's right. like if, 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 why does it matter 90 percent right. of what i do is sdr content nothing on youtube is hdr hardly ever yeah and like i'm not watching like my big block blockbuster dolby, dolby atmos hdr on fucking experience on my tablet like yeah. there are people I'm sure that do it and you know, you can definitely, I'd say the iPad's a good, good device to do it on. But like, uh, I got a TV, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I got like surround sound and shit. Like why would I do it on my iPad? So like, that's like the only time that that thousand nits matters and it's not during, you know, normal use. So yeah. like to me, it's like, well, the OLED would probably be, be better, you know, like an so, SDR. You know, like, I don't know. I'm going to piggyback off that a little bit because yeah. it kind of came up. Sure. Uh, 16 by 10 is a way better aspect ratio for consuming media than 4 by 3 or whatever the iPad is. You so, have giant ass black bars on the iPad. Yeah. If you watch like giant a YouTube ass, video, yeah. yeah, it's like. You have hardly none on, yeah. on the on the S8 Ultra. So you're getting, you know, a larger, a, a larger pixel. Canvas, yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a larger canvas to, to view your media on. Yeah. Um, I will say that from a productivity standpoint, and if you're looking for a true, you know, um, uh, kind of like a true, maybe I can get away without having a laptop replacement. The S8 Ultra will probably better suit you better more than an iPad. Okay. And that's because of things like Samsung Dex, which basically turns it into a, in my opinion, a more advanced Chromebook where you basically have like a desktop OS where everything opens up in a window. Yeah. Uh, you have, you know, ad advanced multitasking features that way. And what what was really shocking to me and like a really nice touch that I think that like, I, I, I feel like, you know, Google would get this wrong, but Samsung gets it right. Is right. like, so like there's like, a, there's a obviously a screen zoom, right? Where you can make the icons on your tablet or your phone, you know, either larger or smaller. And then Dex has that same yeah. thing as well, but they're totally independent of one another. So like I could have my, like, like I run my tablet experience, like two up from smallest, okay. but I run my Dex one on the full smallest because I want the most real estate. Yeah. And, and it remembers those settings. That's really so like, they're cool. totally independent of one another. So like if I, if, if and, and, and to help keep, keep things like, like simple and streamlined, they're in the same spot. So if, if I have Dex mode and then I go into display and I just screen zoom, yeah, that's independent from display screen zoom and tablet mode. That's such a, that's such a nice touch. You know what it I mean? It is. That's amazing. I like that a lot. So, um, like, can I ask another question about Dex? So, like, absolutely. do you actually, you've used it quite a bit, but, like, do I you have. end up using Dex, at, like, in, like, just tablet mode? Like, uh, like just chilling on the couch? Or do you use, like, just the regular mode? Or do you switch back and forth? Like, have you so, played around with the, like, kind of where Dex is optimal? It's still too early to tell because I've had it less than a week. Okay, um, yeah. I'm happy I have both modes. Let's Let me just say that. I'm happy I have both yeah. modes. Because so like sometimes window kind of like a windows like experience where you can just like move things around is kind of nice, you know? So yeah. I guess so, like being able to flip back and forth is clutch. So the, the way I have it set up now is if the keyboard cover is connected to the, to the ultra, it automatically goes into dex mode. And then if I disconnect the keyboard cover, it automatically goes back to tablet mode. So is the tablet mode on the S8 ultra is it like the fold, like where you can multitask the same way? 
It's very similar to the Fold. Okay, so does it have um, like the slide over thing? It has the slide over. It has it has a where you can like pin the slide over pairs. Yeah, yeah. Like for example, like 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 we talked about before, I made an app pair already that's literally half is a textbook, half is a notebook. That's really cool. And I save that in an app pair. So now if I want to do some study, I just pull that up, you know. And as someone who's left handed, it's really nice that I could one button switch, so I could write on the left hand and have the book on the right side. Right. Uh. And then, like, if I wanted to, you know, I could bring in a third window and and, and do a three-way split screen, and then I could bring in a floating window on top of that. Right. Uh, so you have all of those functionalities that are kind of, you know, kind of pretty crazy. I actually have an app pair, dude, that has YouTube, Reddit, and uh, uh, Moonlight. So you can do it, triple same... pair? Yeah, dude, you can do triple pair. You can't do that on the Fold. I think you can actually. You can do triple pair yeah. and the fold. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it because like the two on the one side are small boys. Oh, uh, so it'd be like if I hold it horizontally and then I like. Yeah. I, I do like a horizontal and then like a okay that'd be yeah. weird yeah. But, but on tiny. a fourteen point six but on, on a fourteen point six inch screen it makes sense yeah. right no so yeah makes uh, sense so yeah that's crazy. So crazy. I've been experimenting around with a few other, you know, like uh, re- remote desktop applications to like use the S8 Ultra as a, as a thin client. Right. Um, I use Parsec, which works pretty well. Uh, and I've tried Moonlight. So Moonlight has some growing pains currently. And I'm I'm not an, uh, an Android developer, so I'm just going off of what the Discord said. But apparently I need to wait for the new update for the trackpad support. Because currently um, the trackpad horizontal is vertical and vertical is horizontal nice. and moonlight only. Hilarious. But it works fine everywhere else. And if I hook up an external mouse, it's flawless. Right. So that's crazy. There are some some like growing pangs of being an early adopter, but that's kind of expected, yeah. right? Um, I mean, there are people on the Galaxy Tab subreddit, you know, doing some pretty crazy stuff with it. I think I showed you a picture before of that guy doing like web dev on it and stuff. Yeah. It's uh, wild. But. So far, it's it's really, really impressive. And if you're the type of person who likes to tinker and they're willing to, you know, go the extra mile to get the experience they want, I think they'll provide a better end user experience than the iPad. And that's just because uh, it's open, right? So, like, you could do a whole a whole slew of things to get things to work properly. You it's know? the same thing or, as the or, or, Steam Deck, man. Needs. Like, if you yeah. want to, if you are a tweaker, then you can make this into, like, the ultimate device type yeah, of thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so, so like, I'm impressed, man. Like, it, 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 we've come a long way. Like uh, Android right now, yeah. When I'm on my desktop, uh, I have my S8 Ultra hooked up via USB C as like a third monitor, and, That's it, and, wild. It, and it works great. It, it 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 honestly works fantastic. Yeah, and it's so seamless to the point where I could then even use the touchscreen to control that monitor. That's really cool. So yeah, yeah. So it's 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 honestly a really nice place to be. It's nice to see that Samsung put out a tablet that is in high demand because. Uh, for those of you who don't know, when they first re- released this thing, Samsung actually had to take pre-orders offline because they did because they didn't realize so many, so many people were going to be ordering it. You know. Yeah, so. I mean, this is the first time that I can even remember that, like, there's been this much hype around a Samsung tablet. I know the yeah. last generation was the first time when I saw Dex native to their tablets, and that was exciting. But this right, is like a right. refinement of everything they've done with foldables and their multitasking technology and everything like that. Their UI like has yeah, gone. No, it's good. It's, it's kind good. of gotten to the point where it's so good. Like I've been really impressed with Samsung specifically with their folding phones and the Android experience on there that I'm like, you know what? I think Android's finally hit that part for me where it's like better than an iPad or and an iPhone in just the right amount of ways yeah. to where I don't want to go back to iPhone now. Like I feel like I'd have more um, 
I feel like I would have more regrets uh, being on iPhone than I would being uh, on the Android phone. phone. That's kind of where I'm at, dude. Um, like, they're like, don't get me wrong. Like, having the fold in the SD Ultra, I'm like, oh man, there's things on the iPad that I just missed. Or I know. There's things on the iPhone that I just missed. But you've been on both sides actually pretty r- rapidly recently. So. I don't think that they outweigh the uh, the benefits of of for someone like you and I who are not afraid to you know get our hands dirty with tinkering. Yeah. Uh, to to outweigh the pros of being on an Android based device. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean the pros are evident. Like I don't want to give up the fold for obviously the the actual display size and everything, but software wise, like I just don't want to give up YouTube Vance. I don't want to give up right, uh, right. YouTube Vance is a big all big, the uh, software advantages point. that that's that is on Android and, I mean, there's software advantages on Apple also, but we're not going right. to get into that topic. We'll be yeah, talking we'll be all, all day night. It's already a long boy. <laughs> yeah, so we we ought to wrap up the tab S eight. So let's just talk about like. If you had to give it a score, man, like where are you scoring it, man? What's how how do you where are you putting it? Right now, right now, I'm giving it an an eight out of ten. Yeah, and and I know you you're you're kind of somebody that uh, won't give nines and tens. Like it has to be almost you know, near perfect device. Yeah, it's like a nine and ten is like. Oh, so an eight is very good for me. I'm not an IGN no. or like a five is a zero. No. Like a five is a, yeah. A five is a good device. You know what I mean? A five, like a five is, is yeah. good. In so my what opinion. is it? What do you put the iPad at then? Is it like a seven then? Is the iPad like a seven? I would give the iPad the iPad a seven. Um, okay. And when weighed against like the the Samsung tablet, yeah, sure. Room for growth is what they call this, right? So like (laughs) for both of them. (laughs) So like like to your point before in SDR content, I've compared it to a twelve point nine inch iPad. The S eight Ultra looks better. It just looks better in 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 SDR content. You just can't be. You just can't beat OLED. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Um, It's still so good, man. and then the reason the S8 scores a little bit higher is because I can do things like Samsung Dex. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why can't I have that experience on an iPad? Right. Uh, I agree. It's just that's what. Especially it's more forward thinking than the iPad. I think the iPad's gotten gotten a little stagnant. When the iPad know, so. got the M1, I thought you know Everyone now yeah. you can do anything, and they did nothing. So. Except they gave us like what did they give us on the iPad? Like the fucking little widgets okay like who cares give me like mac os on this thing (laughs) anyway so let's move on to our last topic man wrap up the podcast elden ring we've been playing it we have we've been playing it what do you think elden ring so you didn't play like a soulsborne game well you've played them i have but like like how far did you really get into not very far so like it was kind of a combination of Every time a Souls game came out, I was kind of playing something else. Yeah. And, like, I don't want to say the difficulty was a deterrent, because the difficulty was kind of a deterrent. But it was also, um, I'm going to have to invest way too much time to figure this out. Yeah. And it always came out at a time where I was preoccupied with other stuff. So it was kind of one of the things that was put on the back burner and never kind of shifted never off came the back, back burner. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and plus, like, uh, like um notoriously from software's PC ports have been terrible. Like, I agree. Uh, I agree. Like uh, we, we've watched a video, you know, like if, if like the community has to band together and fix your game, that gets 2.5 million downloads, yeah. something's wrong, you right. know? So, so I'll, I'll say I've experienced this firsthand because, you know, I remember I bought dark souls prepare to die edition, which was their first PC 
uh, Dark Souls kind of. Sure. Um, and I that game is like four by three by default. Like, are you serious? I'm pretty damn sure. I had to like mod in sixteen by nine. Like, Square boy. Dude. Yeah, it's like four by three, and like that's wild. So. Yeah. And the it, the resolution, everything looked like shit. But you know, you can mod it and make it look okay and work fine. But like you know, I I tried to play that game two different occasions, and I hit like a wall right away. And I was like, I don't feel like it. <laughs> I don't right. feel it. I, yeah, just no, like, no, that's kind of I don't the feel same thing. Like it's it. like it's like I'm not having fun. You know? Yeah, like so like, like I get I get my if yeah I wanted to get degraded, I just go back to work. You yeah, know exactly. I mean? <laughs> but like it wasn't until uh you know I found out Elden Ring was coming out. I I knew people were hyped about it. But like I watched a video on YouTube about how Dark Souls One was a masterpiece, and I he sold me on it. Who and, did? Um, YouTuber? Yeah, I, I'll pull it up while I'm talking about it. Sure. But um, yeah, basically he sold me on it, and I was like, you know what? I f- I feel like since I'm so sold on it, I need to like actually play it. Right. So I bought Dark Souls Remastered. I, you know, it's funny because I bought Dark Souls Prepared to Die Edition, never played it except for those two attempts. Then Dark Souls Remastered, I had to buy that. So it's like it's pretty funny. So the Act Man uh, on YouTube, he made a video. Dark why is Dark Souls 1 a masterpiece? And it was like 4.3 million views. And I watched it and he sold right. me on it. And I was like, okay. So I I, I just said, I said, okay, now I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to record it. And I'm going to just play. And I figured out, I did some a little bit of research uh, beforehand to figure out what I was doing wrong, wrong in previous playthroughs. And it mm-hmm. turns out I was walking into this like graveyard with these skeletons that you're not even really supposed to go to yet because like the game opens up when you first get into it and it's like okay you're at firelink shrine and like i didn't realize it was non-linear like the game you can kind of it's like a metroidvania where you can kind of explore different directions and things loop around and all these hidden so like there's like four different ways you can go at the beginning and i had no idea about it so I went straight into the skeletons at like on my earliest playthroughs and like just got wrecked every time. And I'm like, how am I supposed to deal with this? Like, this is unfair. And then I I just gave up. But it turns out if I go to a different direction, Mm. I'll end up in uh, the undead parish or whatever. Sure. Uh, And it's like way easier. Like the enemies are your level and you're able to get through it. It's still challenging. It's like dark souls is best when it's like riding that line where the enemies aren't too hard but they'll still catch you out if you're uh complacent you know so like that's where dark souls really good and then like you finally work up to that boss and then the boss just kicks your ass and then you got to train up and keep fighting it and I, i ended up beating dark souls i did use multiplayer a little bit like when I got to uh, a, a certain wall, I decided, you know what? Let me try multiplayer, and I I had uh, some help with uh, with some of the bosses right. in that way. But you know, I I didn't feel bad about it because it's an intended part of the game. Like you don't sure. have to play it solo. I know sure. some people are die hard. I think one of your friends yeah. is like that. It's like yeah, if you don't dude, do it solo, like, you didn't do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some, he's like, I want to yeah. want to talk to you about the game, dude. Yeah. If you talk to me about the game, dude, it's cheating. Yeah. It's not though. So Elden <laughs> Ring specifically, dude, it's like if you play multiplayer, the enemies are harder. The it bosses are way. scaled yeah. up, dude. Yeah. Like they're like I it's just you can get carried through some of these fights, but the bosses, yeah. they they're scaled up, man. I, I was playing with Ben, uh one of my buddies, and like uh, you know, he was like, dude, I'd rather do this solo. 
uh, that right. do it multiplayer. Because like as soon as you die, now I'm left alone <laughs> with, with this, this harder, harder boss. Yeah. I'm like, are you trying to say I'm shit, dude? <laughs> but as you die, I'm left with this hard boy. I'm like, Dad, what are you saying? But like that's kind of how it is, right? Like you all, all. Every player has to survive like that whole fight for yeah. it to be fair, basically. Yeah, as soon as you die, I'm screwed. Yeah, man. I was like, dang, you're right. But like he was just wrecking both of us. Like even right. uh this was like the first wall of the game. I'm not gonna spoil anyone. But it's like that uh that one boss we with the cane or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so he's yeah. like a lot of people's first wall because you can like go to him really early, you know. Super early, yeah. Super early. And like I know Ben and I did, and we were yeah. like, Okay, and then we got spanked. We had that. We had that really obscure cat boy as our first boss. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that you know what? That boss is kind of genius. Let me tell you. I've been thinking about it from a game design broke? perspective. Well, that's kind of like when you see it, uh, you know, that boss in particular is like it moves so weird. It's like a cat yeah. statue. It doesn't move but, but it's labeled as a dog, but it's definitely yeah. a cat. It's like it yeah, it's weird because it just floats and then it makes like really interesting moves. You think the game's broke. That's just how it moves. But I think it's an amazing kind of first boss for people because right. like they end up like all the movements that that boss makes, like you can interpret and then know what to yeah, do. Yeah, kind of it, it kind of teaches you what to do. It, yeah, exactly. You know it, I mean? The He's boss makes no excessive movements. Very choreographed. Every right. move it makes is deliberate. like deliberate and it really it's perfect to train you for like yeah. the bosses to come. So I thought it was a genius first kind of encounter. But yeah, we're having fun with it, man. I think it's a great game, but yeah. the frame rate and stuff is suck ass. We playing tonight, dude? We might be playing tonight, man. I think we will after this podcast, yeah. dude. Do we want to end the podcast so we can play it? We might have to, man. I mean, this is a long, but it's a two-hour podcast. Well, it's, no, it's an hour and a half. We're good. We're good. Oh, okay. Because I started recording before then. Yeah. So. I'm at like an hour 33. So now's okay. a good time to wrap it up, man. Yeah. I think we, we'll wrap the podcast up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Thanks for watching and listening Thanks, to the Technesthetic Podcast. Yeah. It's been another great week. And uh, we'll see you guys in another two weeks. We're doing the two-week interval. It's kind of a, a nice sweet spot for us. It is. It gives us more concrete topics. You know, exactly. So. so anyway, check us out on YouTube if you want to watch us or any of the podcasting platforms. If you feel like just listening, check out technostatic.com. Leave comments on there and send us some emails. Leave comments down below. Tell us how you like the podcast, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Later. Later.